Hi, this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madged. When I told my parents that I was going vegetarian in my last year of high school, they thought that I was crazy. No one had ever been a vegetarian in my family. In fact, my parents had never even known a vegetarian. Needless to say, they didn't quite take me seriously initially. With my mom being the chef of the household, despite my continued veggie persistence, I'd often appallingly discover a piece of meat or chicken in my food, which brought a very speedy end to mealtimes for me. You need the protein, my mom would say. It's just one little piece. Or, I thought I separated it all out. Well, I eventually boycotted almost everything she made. Now I feel some guilt over causing her any stress. It wasn't her responsibility to become a short-order cook and cater to each of our food whims. But because of my persistence, she did eventually realize that I was serious about vegetarianism and gave up trying to trick me. Now I've been a vegetarian for over 20 years and I've learned a few things along the way. At the time I initially gave up meat, chicken, seafood products, it was not a popular choice. As a result, I would frequently be questioned, and not just by my mom, but seemingly everyone that I dined with. Why are you a vegetarian? They would ask. Don't you crave meat? I could never do it. And you still eat fish though, right? However, I have seen patients converting to a vegetarian diet throughout the years for more than a number of reasons. Number one, for animal rights. Number two, for improved heart health. Number three, for religious reasons. Number four, undesirable taste and or texture. Number five, how the food is produced. And this is one of the most common reasons. Number six, the thought of what they are actually eating. For me, it was initially due to a combination of four and six. It all began when my eldest sister would refuse to eat seafood or red meat. Ew, this is disgusting, is a sentence that I heard almost every day in our house. I now simply just do not enjoy the taste nor the thought of what it is that I'm actually eating. But it doesn't bother me to see others consume meat. In fact, I even prepare and feed my own kiddos with it. Living in California, I was lucky. Eating out is not a challenge. Most restaurants already cater to vegetarians because of an ever-growing plant food lover population now. But after having moved back to the East Coast from medical school years ago, I realized that it was still a foreign concept there. I was much more restricted when I ate out. For whatever reason it may be, however, we are seeing a surge of vegetarianism everywhere in our advanced society. Foods and supermarkets are dramatically increasing their supply of foods catered towards vegetarians, and more restaurants are catering to vegetarians with special meal options. Now, as a physician, do I recommend a vegetarian diet to my patients? No, I don't think it's right for everyone and never initially suggest it. But if someone has already made that decision, then I just think it's essential that they are supported and informed as to how to be a healthy vegetarian and avoid any medical pitfalls. It is an achievable diet, but one with some health risks if the patient is not educated on how to devise a well-planned and nutritionally adequate diet. So how can you be a healthy vegetarian? Well, let's discuss that in today's podcast. But before I go on, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes the House Call Doctor podcast possible. Health IQ 
They believe that the best way to improve the health of the world is to celebrate the health conscious through social and financial rewards. They actually use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. Like saving money by being a good driver, Health IQ gets you lower rates on life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. After all, physically active people have a 34% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 56% lower risk of heart disease, and 22% decrease in cancer mortality compared to people who remain inactive. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com doctor or Mention the promo code DOCTOR when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Now, not all vegetarians follow the same food rules. Here are the most common categories with labels you may have heard thrown around but perhaps didn't quite grasp. First of all, there's lacto-ovo-vegetarians like myself. Lacto means milk and ovo refers to eggs. Hence, these vegetarians eat dairy like milk and eggs but simply no animal flesh products. This is the base of vegetarianism and the least restrictive type. Second, there's lacto-vegetarians. Now that you've learned the basic terms, you can make an educated guess on this one. Yep, these vegetarians consume milk and milk products, but no eggs. This makes it more of a challenge to find desserts, for example, most especially, because most of them contain eggs in their batter mix. And lastly, vegan vegetarians. This is the most restrictive type excluding all milk products, eggs, cheese, yogurt, etc. Kudos to those who follow this diet successfully because it is not easy to find food that lack dairy altogether. Yet, it is definitely achievable. So let's discuss some of the pros and cons of a vegetarian diet. The pros of vegetarianism are plentiful as long as it's done correctly. Studies so far show that vegetarians tend to have a decreased risk of the following. Heart disease, obesity, elevated cholesterol levels, hypertension, prostate and colon cancer, and diabetes. But it is not risk-free either. If you're not careful, a vegetarian diet can predispose you to vitamin B12 deficiency. Those who consume animal products tend to have a lifetime store of vitamin B12. But vegetarians, vegans in particular, are at risk for a deficiency over time. Vitamin B12 deficiency can cause anemia and neurologic symptoms such as peripheral neuropathy, to just name a few. An improper vegetarian diet can also predispose you to low bone density. Vegetarians who lack sufficient calcium intake, especially vegans, have a higher risk of developing osteoporosis and osteopenia and are hence at risk for fractures. In addition, Weight gain is another possibility for those who consume an overabundance of carbohydrates. But if done right, it actually does the opposite and it decreases the risk of obesity. Now, as a vegetarian, you may be wondering, how do you know if you're getting enough? And enough of what exactly? It's imperative to understand in case you are contemplating going vegetarian so that you can plan your meals appropriately. First of all, there's protein. The Recommended Dietary Allowance, or RDA, which is a term you have likely heard of, for daily protein, it is set at 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So you have to do some math in order to figure out how much protein you should be getting based on your weight. Nuts, seeds, 
peanut butter, eggs, tofu, lentils, beans, soy products, and bread contain protein. This segment of my podcast contains numerous links to food lists containing each of these components along with the unit amounts of each. So please check out the written article for this episode for these links along with many others on www.quickanddirtytips.com house dash call dash doctor. That's quickanddirtytips.com house dash call dash doctor. So the first link that you will see is a link to vegetarian protein sources and their content amount. Next, iron. Iron fortifies cereal, kidney beans, peas, nuts, lentils, spinach, whole wheat bread, and some dried fruits are good sources of iron. Again, I have a list of iron-rich food sources on my page, so you can check it out. Third, calcium. Some vegetarians, especially vegans, like I mentioned, they need to make sure that they're receiving their calcium from other resources. Many foods are not fortified with calcium, however. These include orange juice, cereal, tofu, soy milk, and soy milk products, etc. Leafy greens, carrots, broccoli, and other veggies are also a good source of calcium. Next, vitamin D. If you don't get enough sunlight, it's also important to take vitamin D supplements. Many calcium supplements also contain vitamin D, and it also aids in absorption of the calcium, so you may want to take them together. Asking patients to hang out in the sun in order to get enough vitamin D may also not be the right answer given the risk of skin cancer, so supplementation would be a good idea here. Vitamin B12. This is only contained in animal products, but this does include dairy for lacto-ovo vegetarians, but a daily supplement is often recommended for vegans. Lastly, if you're a picky eater, are reluctant to eat a variety of food groups, or are not certain if you are receiving enough of the recommended nutrients in your diet, a multivitamin daily is also a good addition to your daily regimen. There is now an immense amount of information online about vegetarianism, including recipe ideas and meal planning. Again, on my page, I have listed a personal running list of resources that I often go to when I need information about vegetarian diets. And there you have it, vegetarianism in a nutshell. If you have any good vegetarian tips or recipes, please share them with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. If you learned anything here today or you simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please note that all content here really is strictly for informational purposes only, and it doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. Catch you next time.